It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. Hey, I want to talk about science this morning. I know. You're like, what does this dude know about science? Well, I did some research. And uh, I, I, know the, I know the word science. Is that okay? Is that okay? Can we talk about science? I know the word science in church is uh, kind of a no-no. Uh, we're scared of the word science. Some people try to use science and physics and history to disprove the Bible, disprove God. Uh, they say science is tangible. Uh, science and physics you can see and it's real. And you can conduct tests and get results from science. Uh, if I have... Uh, I was horrible at science and chemistry in school. Uh, But today I want to throw out the crazy idea out here um, that God and science do not oppose each other. In fact, they complement each other. Um, Like I said, I've never been such a, a science person. It's just really confusing. For me, subjects that are most appealing are those that allow me to inject my own opinions and potentially extract a different meaning than what is being taught. I prefer context around my definitions. The events and causes that contribute to something happening versus, well, it just happens. Well, how did we get here? Oh, the Big Bang. Well, how did that happen? It just happened. Okay, 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 okay. So it just happened. So, boom, which the boom, explosion, light, in the beginning God said, let there be light, boom. It's in the Bible. I don't know how you can't put two and two together. Uh, so, so, but, but, but let's, just, let's just bear with me, okay? Let's, let's, let's see, because this is, okay, so, well, there's, there's no way there can be a God because there's the Big Bang, and then over millions of years, we uh, formed from a little um, tadpole that went from a tadpole to something, and then that something mutated over millions of years, which mutated, which mutated, which mutated, and it adapted to its climate, and blah, 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 blah. This is what really happened. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. God created man and male and female according to their likeness and kind and according to his image. And God created them in his own image. And he said, be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over the earth. That's what really happened. But that has nothing to do with with what I'm talking about. Subjects I do not prefer. Physics, math, biology, stuff like that. Subjects I do prefer, writing, reading, technology, uh, homeroom where you can sleep. Um, So today, for a brief second with science and specifically physics, I want to talk about momentum. While I was preparing for this weekend, I was looking up what momentum was and is, and it's defined as this. In Newtonian mechanics, linear momentum, translational momentum or simply momentum, is the product of the mass and velocity of an object. It is a vector quantity possessing a magnitude and a direction in a three-dimensional space. You're like, wow. 
So momentum is the magnitude and direction of an object in three-dimensional space. But what I don't like about the physics definition of momentum is that it does not account for everything that came before it to cause the force to move the object. So momentum is the magnitude and direction of an object and three-dimensional space. Magnitude and direction, meaning the force and path of an object in a three-dimensional space. My momentum is this way because my brain told my legs to move that way. But the definition does not account for everything that came before the movement. It just says momentum is movement. The definition focuses on something that is already moving. So as I was doing my research, I couldn't help but wonder how such a big thing, momentum, could have a definition that left out all of the things that had to take place beforehand for momentum itself to actually exist. It's no wonder so many of us start something in church or get involved with something and then grow incredibly impatient wondering where our momentum is. Why isn't my class growing? Why are there no kids here? Uh, Why can't I get any ushers to volunteer? Why can't the praise team get more guitarists and bassists? And and why, 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 why? I thought God told me this. I thought I was supposed to start this. This was a dream. This was a blah, 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 blah. Why is it not going the way that I envisioned it would go? Physics teaches us that momentum is just a mass in motion. Never mind how it got started in the first place or why the velocity might be stronger in some cases versus others. Meaning if I kick a ball and barely touch it, it's going to roll pretty slow versus if I kick it really hard, it's going to fly across the room, but they're still doing the same thing, which is momentum. They have momentum, but there's no way to, it it doesn't matter how fast they're moving, it's the same thing. But you and I both know it's not the same thing because one very clearly knocked Mr. Jeff out and the other very clearly just barely touched Elizabeth's shoe. I'm not going to knock Mr. Jeff out. He's a cop. I will get arrested, and I do not want to deal with that. What physics never taught us about momentum is all the work that comes before the motion, which is the force that moves the object. Momentum is not a single event. Instead, momentum is something that is built over time. It is the result of several things coming together to create a movement that is powerful and in some contexts, difficult to stop. I want to talk to you today from the subject, momentum for the movement. Momentum for the movement. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, well, Christian, momentum is movement. That's what you just said. I know, but this is different. If you look at momentum in a church sense, momentum might refer to any number of things, including the growth of our email list, 
the number of website clicks or visitors we have per month, the amount of podcasts or the amount of downloads our podcasts receive each day, or how many new people we have, or any number of factors that can be calculated and, and collected could be considered momentum in a, quote, business sense. I'm sure you can agree that the amount of work or the force, which is the several separate tasks and the consistency with which those tasks are performed greatly contributes to the momentum that you might see in any of the examples I just mentioned. While physics has taught us that momentum simply exists, its definition tends to leave out what's involved in order to actually put a mass in motion. In other words, knowing what the definition of momentum is will not help you figure out how to create it. Building momentum is tough because for the most part, most of us expect that it will just come. However, you have to have a powerful force first for momentum to exist. Remember what I said earlier, momentum is something that is built over time, the result of several things coming together to create a movement that is powerful and difficult to stop. This church has momentum. You may not see it yet. You may say, where is it? But I'm telling you, we have momentum. Yo, I was getting so hype literally when, I was, when I was preparing this. Hype is a uh, hip, hipster word for cool, excited, um, pumped up. Read Isaiah 43 with me. I believe this is a prophetic word today for this church. This is a passage I guarantee if you've been in church for any length of time, you've heard. But I want you to listen to it with fresh ears today and a, and a new understanding. And if you don't get as hype as me when, uh, when I read it, then you, you need to go read it again. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation uh, because it's the best. And um, that's what I'm doing. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from the east and west, and I will say to the north and south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. So bring out the people who have eyes but are blind and ears but are deaf, 
Gather the nations together. Assemble the peoples of the world. Which of their idols has ever foretold such things? Which can predict what will happen tomorrow? Where are the witnesses of such predictions? Who can verify that these idols spoke the truth? But you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There never has been. There never will be. I, yes, I am the Lord, and there is no other Savior. First, I predicted your rescue. Then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand, and no one can undo what I have done. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake, I will send an army against Babylon forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships that they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses, and I drew them beneath the waves as they drowned. Their lives were snuffed out like a smoldering candle. But forget all of that because it is nothing compared to what I am about to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not yet see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the field will thank me. The jackals and the owls too for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and someday they will honor me before the whole world. If that doesn't pump you up, if that doesn't fire you up, if that isn't the driving force that gives you momentum, like my dad says, if that doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet, homie. Each new week, a speaker gets up on this platform and propels us further than we have ever gone before. Last week, Stacy challenged us to renew our mind, to change our thoughts, because your thoughts can become things, and to speak life to those things that are not yet there. The week before that, Tim prepared us for the positions we're about to take in the kingdom and in the church. Before that, my friend Pastor Mark told us not to be just another person in a chair, to get involved, to get active, to be excited, to love Jesus, to, per- to say my day is going to be good, and to be a productive part of the body. And before that, I challenged us to come out of the tombs that we have put ourselves in, like depression, anxiety, stress, whatever it is. If we look in order... God first called us to come out of where we are to take us to somewhere new. Then he told us to get out of our chair because now we've come out of the cave we were in. Now we have to get out of our chair and, and be active. Then he said, hey, be prepared for new positions. And then he told us to speak into our positions and into our future by renewing our mind. 
You need to come out of your tomb, get up out of your chair, prepare yourself for where God is taking you, renew your mind, and move with the momentum that God has put inside of you. Today, God is saying, now I begin a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Have you been too distracted to see what I'm doing and hear what I'm saying? Have you forgotten what I brought you out of? Do you not remember when I parted the sea and took you through the valley and destroyed your enemies? Do you not remember when I gave you water so you could live? Look at yourself. Here you stand. All you see is what is around you. But look inside. Look at what I've placed in there. Do you not yet perceive it? We are in the midst of momentum and a movement that is powerful and cannot be stopped. When the enemy comes in like a flood, behold, I will raise up a standard against him. I will prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. You are the light of the world and nothing can put you out. And nothing on this earth can stop you because you have momentum. We're not waiting on a move of God. We're not waiting on momentum from God. We're not waiting on anything from God because we are the move of God. We are God's people. We have momentum. We need to use it and be the driving force and be the the movement that cannot be stopped. Momentum, momentum. Look at somebody next to you and say, we have momentum. With momentum comes movement. Write this down. With momentum comes movement. When you have momentum, you have to move. You can't say, I've been given a task from God because with everything he charges you to, he wants you to move. God doesn't like people who just sit still. God is so detailed. And if you say God God is not a God of order, God is not detailed, if you say you are so wrong, Read everything that God ever gave instruction for. It was detailed down to the color of the thread. Like for real. And the material. And where to get it. It was so detailed. Liz knows this when she makes her praise garments and stuff. She uses specific colors. Specific dyes and threads. And she tries to pray to hear... Am I correct? You pray to hear what God is telling you to use certain colors and use certain phrases and words. What is the one... Come over here. What does the one you have mean? Kim, come show me your garment. Uh Uh-oh, don't trip. She's falling out in the spirit, y'all. Woo! Momentum. So what does this one mean? Uh Uh-huh. But she does pray. That was a garment, a corporate garment, but it's the key of David. Key of David. And also in that is restoration. And restoration. And the colors, do they mean anything? Purple is royalty. Green is life. That's a praise garment that someone prayed about. Y'all might just think they're wearing, you can go sit down now. Thank you so much. Y'all might just think they're wearing weird dresses or something. What's up with these hippies? But, (laughs) but God has a specific way he likes to do things. And with momentum comes movement. The next thing is with momentum comes strength. You can't be an object in motion. You can't, you can't have a driving force without strength. And with momentum comes growth. But in order to grow, you have to let go. I'll say it again. In order to grow, you have to let go. 
In order to go where God wants you to go, in order to take the next step with God, you have to let go of friends, colleagues, might be a job, habits, hang-ups, sin is a big one because you keep saying, well, God, I'm serving in church and you're using me and, and, you know, I just feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, it is what you're supposed to do. And you are serving and God is using you. And yes, you might minister to people or sing or whatever, but you guys see where I'm going with this? In order to grow, you have to let go. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that trips us up. What Paul is saying is in order to grow, you have to let go. Strip off any weight that is holding you down, any habit, any person, any relationship, anything that is holding you down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Remember what I said earlier, momentum is something that is built over time, the result of several things coming together to create a movement that is powerful and difficult to stop. Oh, Christian, I don't have a lot of time. Oh, Christian, I've been waiting forever. Um, Oh, Christian, I just, I just, I don't know if it was God because I've been waiting so long and blah, 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 blah. The Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years. Why? Well, if you don't know why, go read. Uh, They disobeyed God. And what could have been, what, a two-week trip for the Israelites was a 40-year walking in circles. You ever been driving and you're like, hey, I think I passed that McDonald's before. Um, That's what it was like for the Israelites, but for 40 years. So, don't tell me you ain't got time. Because... (laughs) Are you serious, Mom? We have to eat these frosted flakes from the sky again? I don't want to eat manna. Manna! This is so horrible. Imagine a Hebrew teenager. Manna! Be glad you have food, you ungrateful brat. I've been waiting forever. See, we have momentum in this church. Uh, And when you have momentum, you better hop on and enjoy the ride. But I know some of you are asking, well, when is God going to move in my life? I have all these dreams and promises that he's put in my heart, and I've been waiting forever, and now you're saying it takes time, and I don't know if I can do that anymore. Uh, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. Well, honey, if you don't want to wait for for your dreams to come true, I'd hate to be behind you in the line of McDonald's because... God help us if they take an extra 30 seconds on your steamy bag of gluttony. I'll say that again. Steamy bag of gluttony. It was a McDonald's joke. Ha 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 ha. I thought that one was funny when I wrote it. Um, so, you know, I don't have time to wait. I have all this. I feel like I have momentum and God's put these dreams in my heart. There was a... Uh, Uh, A great pastor who would quote, Great it is to believe the dream as we stand in youth by the starry stream. But a greater thing, a greater thing, a greater thing is to fight life through and say at the end, my dream came true. Pastor John Osteen would quote that all the time. If you've watched 
him or heard him. I love watching his old videos. John Osteen is Joe Osteen's dad. He's the founder of Lakewood Church. Started in a feed store with four people and grew into the largest church in America with over 40,000 people. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character, Psalm 105.19. Joseph, we know, was uh, a great dreamer. He had a dream when he was 17 that uh, he saw sheaves of wheat bowing down to him. And the sheaves represented his brothers and his father. Uh, they came and his sheave rose above the rest and all the other sheaves bowed down. And you're probably wondering, What's a she- what the heck is a sheave? Just a big old bundle of grass. That's what it is. It's a big old vertical bundle of hay. Uh, and then he had another dream where the sun and stars and moon came and bowed down to him. And he told his dad, and he said, well, are you saying that I and your brothers and your mother are going to bow down to you? Well, uh, if you go through the story, uh, Joseph was the favorite of his dad. His dad, he had 12 brothers. They hated him. They tried to kill him. But Judah spoke up and said, no, let's not kill him. Uh, let's just sell him to some merchants as they're coming by. So they threw him into a hole, and some merchants came by. They sold him for 30, 20 or 30 pieces of silver. They took his coat. His dad gave him a coat, a coat of many colors. Uh, and like today's sense, it'd be like a Yeezy season four, like hoodie. Uh, if you don't know what Yeezy is, it's like a $1,000 hoodie. And his brothers were wearing like Walmart hoodies, Okay. <laughs> And so they were like, well, if you get the Yeezy hoodie, I got this crusty Walmart hoodie. Let's, let's kill him. Let's kill him. We're going to kill him. So Judah goes, which if you don't know, Judah means praise. So praise spoke up so that Joseph could live. Because no, let's not kill him. Let's not kill him. We're going to kill him. He's our brother, guys. We can't kill him. Like, we don't want that on our conscience. So they, they took a... I'm going to make this modern. They took um, an animal. They sprinkled the blood on the Yeezy jacket. They went to, Dad, oh, my God, Joseph got hit by a truck. (laughs) And then his dad goes, Joseph, not my Yeezy jacket. No. (laughs) Then he was sold to the Secretary of Defense's, to the Secretary of Defense, and uh, was put in charge He was not sold to the Secretary of Defense. He was sold to the captain of Pharaoh's guard. And uh, he was accused of spitting game to his wife. Uh, And so he was like, nah, bro. Like, I bring you into my house. I bring you into my house and give you dominion over my house and everything in my house. Now you're trying to spit game to my wife. Prison. So it goes to prison. And uh, this whole time, he's he's in, yeah, no, right? It's like, (laughs) whoa. Uh, basically what happened was Joseph was up in the shower, right? And homegirl came in and was like, hey, Joseph, I got your Calvin Kleins. What up? And he was like, girl, bring those boxers back. Your husband's going to beat me up. And uh, she was like, uh, sleep with me. He was like, I do not want to sleep with you. She's like, sleep with me. I do not want to sleep with you. Sleep with me. He was like, no, you are not good. And she said, I am the greatest good that you will ever have. And... <laughs> He was like, no, girl. And so she goes with his boxers to her husband and said, oh, Joseph just came up in my room, took his boxers off. What are you going to do about it? Because she was mad that homeboy wouldn't sleep with her. So he was like, oh, he came up and took his boxers off in the room. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, here's what we're going to do. Prison, you're going to prison. I don't care if you did it. Uh, come to find out he didn't do it. So in prison, 
Uh, see, what's cool, what's, what's cool about Joseph, Joseph is like us. Uh, some of you maybe have dreams or promises from God that have or haven't come to pass. Maybe he told you them a long time ago. Joseph was 17 when he found out. And then um, he just goes from different, really horrible situation to a worse situation to a worse situation to a worse situation. And, but despite where he was, he still had momentum and God still used him where he was at. See, that's the whole thing. Uh, well, it's not the whole thing about my message today, but God will use you where you're at. You didn't know that? God uses anybody and everybody, and anything he will use to get his message across, if it'll reach you, he'll use it. Some people take that and twist it. Or do you, you don't even want to know the crazy stuff I've heard. So Joseph is in prison, he gets promoted, and finally he ends up in the palace, Technically, his dream was fulfilled, but I don't think it was fulfilled the way that he thought it would be fulfilled. Because sometimes when God tells us stuff, we have these great visions of grandeur. God doesn't work until you least expect him to. And he never is on our time. Ever. Ever. He's seldom early, but he's never late. But most of the time... See, we think like 20 years is a long time, but for God, it's like five seconds because a day is a thousand years in heaven. So you may see things like Joseph. You may see things and hear things or someone might have told you things or some people, when I was at Bible school six years ago, some people who are, because at Bible school, you have to test and approve people who tell you stuff. Because we're all learning. And sometimes someone will come up to you and say, your name is Christian David Golden. You're da 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 And then someone will come up to you, oh, my God, I feel like God is telling me that, like, you're going to go to China. I don't know what that means, but, like, oh, my God, China. Um, the only China I'm going to is the China Inn down the road, homegirl. You need to back up. Uh, so some people who I, I know hear the voice of God, I know have godly wisdom, told me some things about me and this church, and um, I, didn't, I definitely didn't see it then. I really didn't care, to be honest. I grew up in church, and I was like, church is boring. It's the same thing, and what does it matter? But I could see it when they were telling me. I'm a very visual person. When I listen to music or I watch things or I read the Bible, I hear like music in my head and I can see stuff. Come on, don't tell me when you don't read a book, you don't see it in your mind and then you go see the movie and you're like, she's not supposed to have a red dress. That is not how I saw it in my mind. Her dress is green, homegirl. These directors are stupid. I don't know what they're doing. I've seen, I could see it and I told, I told my dad about it. And at the time, I remember when I told you, he was like, well, bud, I was like, I remember I called him. I was like, Dad, oh, my God, we just had a prayer culture service. And, like, someone told me, like, we were, like, going to have this awesome auditorium and conference center. Well, bud, that's great. You just pray about that. That's awesome. Uh, And he didn't really get it at the time. Right? I mean, he was kind of like, okay. Not like that, but... It was like, all right, you know, just happy Bible school student. 
listening to whatever God tells them. But I've seen it. Come on, I know you've seen some things in the spirit. I've seen, like, this is not where we're going to be. I've seen the auditorium with 3,500 chairs. I've seen us producing records and being on the radio and having churches all over the world and having a TV show and, and a conference center that people can come to and we'll host conferences and have an actual Bible school and we'll have speakers from all around the world, not just all around Friendswood. And we'll, we'll host all these great events and concerts and acquire the fire type things and, and, and do really cool stuff, and I, I see the recording studios, like I said, and just this amazing kids area that looks like main event, but instead of like whatever they do at main event, we'll have like precious moments or whatever is cool at the time. <laughs> like I've seen that. I saw that six years ago, and, and some people told me some stuff about this church specifically that was going to happen with just the way this church was going and leaders and things and operations and stuff that you don't think about church. You just think you come and sit. And I was like, what are you talking about? You don't even know me, bro. But it's happening now. And it's crazy. It's crazy to see how someone told me something six years ago and it didn't start happening until about six months ago. So six years started happening six months ago. Literally exactly what they said. I wrote it down in my Moleskine journal. I still have the journal. I remember the day. I wrote the date and everything. And I was like, like I sat like right after they told me, I wrote everything down. And everything I was seeing, I was writing it down so that I wouldn't forget. And I went back and read it. And I was like, whoa. It's crazy how they were right. Six years ago, we did not have momentum. We lost momentum real bad. Six years ago, uh, my dad came to a men's advance. Uh, he always tells his side of the story. I'm going to tell you my side of the story. Uh, so he came to a men's retreat at my Bible school. I was super excited and blah, 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 blah. And uh, I was on the media team. So I would run the cameras and all this stuff. And I remember I was like, hey, this is my reserve seat. You guys can sit here. And the whole time throughout the service, he was nodding off, which if you know my daddy never nods off in a service, a church service, even though the services go about four, five, six hours. He kept nodding off. And I was like, you okay? Okay, yeah, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. And next thing I know is he's gone. He's in the bathroom. Do you remember when you were in the bathroom? <laughs> he was in the bathroom and he was leaning against the wall. I was like, Dad, are you okay? He was like, I think I have heartburn. I need some baking soda or something. And I literally, I walked out of the bathroom and I was like, I need baking soda! <laughs> so I got some baking soda. And then by the time I got to the bathroom, he was gone. So I'm like, where did my dad go? Um, come to find out, he was being rushed home. And then his story picks up there. He died how many times? Four times? Three times? Three times in the hospital, and we lost momentum because of that. Because of a lot of things, we lost momentum. We lost people, frankly. Lost a lot of stuff. We had to remodel. We were displaced in the kids' church. and So at that time, all that to say, 
while these people were telling me these things that were going to happen, I was like, you're crazy. There's no way that's ever going to happen. Six years later, here we are. We have momentum for the first time in a long time. And you may not yet see it. You may not yet feel it or understand it. But we have it. And that's not even me speaking those things not as though they are. That's me saying we have it. How do I know we have it? Because six years ago, I was told we were going to have it. And now we have it. What do dreams have to do with momentum? Without momentum, your dreams cannot come to pass. Without momentum, your business will not grow. Without momentum, your dreams will not come to pass. Without momentum, this church would cease to exist. Without momentum, your kids would walk away. Without momentum, without momentum, without momentum, without momentum, without momentum. What causes momentum? You have to have a driving force. What is that force? If you haven't picked it up, it's God. When he says, let there be, notice he started creation with let there be. And his last human words on earth were, it is finished. So he said, let there be, it is finished. So let it be, but no, it is finished. Let there be dreams and prophecies and visions and signs and wonders and miracles, but it's already finished. See, when he said it is finished, he wasn't just saying his life is over, the crucifixion is finished. He was saying everything from now till the end of the world is finished. I want to read this one more time. It says, until the time came to pass to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. You know, we, we, we love God's for the right nows, and God's going to do it right now. And if you've been in church, you've heard the right now sermon. God's going to do it right now, and he's going to do it today. And God's going to do it right now. Yes and amen. And we love God in the right now, but we don't love it when he says until, until the time came to pass to fulfill his dreams, which means it's not on your time. So what are you going to do until? Exactly. Stay faithful, trust, believe, but don't lose your momentum because if you do, then what? What's going to be your driving force? But don't think, just like it says in Psalm 105, that because you have momentum and you're doing this stuff for God, that you're not going to be tested. Because before your dreams can come to pass, God's going to test you. He's going to test your character. He's going to test you physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, to see if you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and everything that needs to take place in us as believers to be stewards of the dream. Because we can have dreams, but if you don't know how to steward your dream, it will never come to pass. It doesn't matter how much momentum you got 
Without momentum, your dreams can't come to pass, but without character, your dream will not come to pass. And you can have bad character, but momentum. You need momentum and good character and spiritual character for your dreams to come to pass, for your business to grow, for your family to grow, for your church to grow, for your ministry to grow. Take that momentum, take that passion, take that energy, take everything and run with it. And when you fall, get back up. My favorite quote in all of history is from Batman Begins. And Alfred says, well, Master Bruce, what happens when we fall? And he goes, I don't know, Alfred. He goes, we learn to pick ourselves back up. When you fall, you have to learn to pick yourself back up and keep running. Hey, this is Pastor Paul Golden. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe, rate it, and review. Also, you can help us to reach others by investing today at lightchristiancenter.com slash give. Thank you for joining us on LCC's podcast. God bless you and have a great day.